to the first Steve Sash Schwartz podcast on fine art. I am Steve. I'm a painter and sculptor. I've been at it for lifetimes. And uh, we're going to discuss all kinds of issues about contemporary art. And we'll see wherever else that leads, which could, of course, encompass the whole world. Um, I, now, I think I'm going to start like uh, in this Bill Burr styling, kind of like just get in front of the thing and talk. And um, I'll tell you why I'm doing this. Um, for a lifetime as a professional artist, I always wanted to teach art, you know, at a university level, whatever level. It would be just wonderful. The life takes you in funny directions, opportunities come, they go, what have you, for a multitude of reasons. I never, uh, let's say, taught enough to have any real satisfaction. <laughs> And so um, now with technology, podcasts, YouTube, what have you, you can reach a bigger audience and 30 students in like one classroom. So I thought, hey, let's just do this for a while. And uh, I'm hoping I can make this sufficiently interesting to keep people watching. <laughs> but we shall see. Um, and please bear with me like I'm I'm not rusty. I have like never done this kind of thing, like podcast, Ooh, whatever. Okay. But you know, I drive around LA, I work out, I'm listening to them like crazy. Uh, I like that Jordan Peterson kind of thing where he just started like talking or showing his lectures or whatever. So I'm probably going to do that initially. And then if that builds like interview, so many artists, friends, professional artists, curators, critics, what have you, you know, and build it out like that. But for right now, I really wanted to make it like a, for artists, you know, um, and that's what I relate to. That's my tribe. And uh, it's just like such a great opportunity. Like when I think about um, what are the, the uh, individuals that really shaped me, moved me in my life. I think about these great art professors, art teachers, not just art teachers, but teachers in general. It could have been biology or what have you, but people like give it. And it's like, wow, you don't have institutional support. Whew, it's really hard these days to have the opportunity to um, share and make a living at the same time. Ha, I'll have to keep the lights on. And um, so I'm just taking this opportunity, you know, I'm carving out some more time and I think it's going to be fun and worthwhile. I've been uh, talking around town a little bit at schools and it's been like really rewarding, you know, and I think it helps kids and people and what have you like thinking, okay, there's another option, there's another opportunity. I'm not talking about necessarily making a living in any sense, but like, uh, to explore things, your intuition, your heart, your soul, this kind of thing. Um, right, so that is why I'm doing this. I have been dying, like dying to teach. I feel like a Ferrari in the garage. So hopefully this could be an opportunity to step out. Right, so um, I thought maybe, okay, as a point of entry, I'm here and like front of my work and whatever. And uh, I thought, okay, that could be a great place to start. And um, like I said, I'm a sculptor and a painter. Been at it for decades, and I went through so many uh, 
styles, phases, what have you. Um, I'm very restless. I explore things deeply and move on. And now currently I'm into uh, what you see behind me, which like at a glance, you could see like what it's like composed of like primary colors and things are kind of more or less clean and tight in a loosey goosey sense, but like we're not talking about expressionistic, what do you call it, gestural uh, marks. And we're not talking about um, figurative work. It's obviously non-objective abstract work, right? Whatever. So um, one thing I could talk, okay, so like I've got these pillars and columns and I've got my paintings. And um, so I think uh, it's really hard to say like where to start and why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I could say like, if you're doing sculpture, you have like to have a, an immense sense of uh, the forms and the shapes you're working with. You have to like, feel them intimately. You can't just like put a block, do this, get us what you have to like feel what a, the volume is. You have to get a, a sense of it. And you can only do this like empirically by like playing with shapes, volumes and materials and stuff. And uh, it's a really hard thing to learn, but the best like sculptors, like you feel that they have like a great sense of form and it's like overwhelming like Richard Serra, Sybil Rowe, um, so many great sculptors out there. Anyway, more will come to mind. I'm just kind of loosening up here. <laughs> um, right, so like something that always compelled me, I guess, uh, let's see, I gotta back up for a minute. So like, yeah, I'm doing these pillars, I'm doing these paintings. Um, one thing I'm really fascinated by is uh, history, how we all inherit our history, we absorb it like culturally, cultural biases, religions, whatever, and we like embrace them, we reject them, whatever. But it's part of our world, right? Uh, anthropology, archaeology, what have you, recycling. So like uh, a big theme in my work is repurposing and recycling. So like, uh, for example, uh, my paintings are, uh, the relief features are, like the elements of collage. They're made out of blister packs. Blister packs are plastic casings that, uh, you know, show off but protect like tools and uh, toys and what have you that are in every, so every single fucking thing we purchase and medicine, whatever, it comes in a plastic casing, right? And it's just discarded garbage, blah, blah, blah. So I saved that. I think it created like a really fascinating architecture. I collect that stuff like obsessively and I just have bags of it, friends gate, and it has to be like a certain kind, like I don't just take any old blister pack in my work, I use like, uh, it has to be used, okay? The whole concept, I guess it's conceptual art to a degree, like it has to be repurposed and recycled, right? That's the whole thing. And um, <clears throat> so like I get all this uh, plastic stuff, it could be like uh, from Nicorette gum or chiclets, like whatever it is. And I make these arrangements, like abstract um, designs, let's say, or like DNA strands or uh, what have you. And then I paint upon that. And I think it's like a good discussion about um, like we live amongst our products and uh, you know, it's collage, right? You're collaging these items. 
what is collage? Who did collage? Picasso and Brock invented it. What did they do? Uh, napkins, newspaper cuttings, cigarettes, whatever. But what was it? That was the first recycling. Like for real. Art paved the way. And anyway, I feel like I'm carrying the torch of that. And I feel like, uh, you know, it's like a authentic thing we really, really, really have to do. And it's being done poorly. So I'm bringing that up to discussion. But I really love how like when I, I don't even know if you can see the shit, but like these arrangements of blister packs, when you look at them, they look like architectural models of like some civilization or some suburb or some uh, world's fair or what have you. And I love that in a really inventive sense. And like you would think of different community, different uh, zones in a community and different features like playing fields and whatever. And like, it really looks like uh, to me, architectural models when you see like, oh, we're gonna build like Foster City and this is what it looks like made out of foam core, blah, 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 little fake green trees and shit. And uh, so, I find that really fun because it makes it really inventive and lively, right? Nothing's the same and yet it's reusing this garbage literally is elevating these little trinkets to this like transcendent level, which I think is like very exciting. And um, so collage, recycling, super exciting. Another thing like I'm doing then is then superimposing like these geometric shapes and patterns, right? Not patterns, but like just some, some basic geometry. And you could see, uh, I'm really inspired by uh, the distilled, however you pronounce it, movement, the Dutch painters, Mondrian, and those guys from the 20th century, Malevich, the supremacists and all that, the Russian dudes. Um, Cause I love like how they pare down stuff and they got kind of like, very tight, very geometric, but not like rigidly precise or anything like we have today. And, uh, but they were like paring everything down. These things were not like made out of like gestural expressionistic strokes and what have you. And uh, it was not like figurative work, right? It's non-objective, just, just like shapes, right? And um, I love uh, how they also like pare down the palette and everything. And I think this really relates to like, obviously the age, I don't have to reiterate like a 20th century, like high modernism and everything. But what I'm liking and jumping off from is, uh, okay, I love the primary color palette. It's really speaking to me. I love the sense of color therapy. Uh, like in my life, I've just gone through a ton of shit, ton of fucking bullshit, like for years and uh, I just thought, okay, what colors give you joy? What's gonna give you some uh, pleasure in life and whatever? And I just appeared, you know, like yellow, sunshine, like what you call it, uh, sunflowers and stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, red, and it all came down to like, essentially like primary colors, you know, bracketed by like uh, black and white. And um, that is like Mondrian, Distill, that whole, period. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm sure I probably am. And, uh, but you know what? I really like it. So it's a shorthand for every color, like yellow, blue, <clears throat> red, the primary certain versions of those colors, like mix them. You can get every color, virtually every color, like literally. 
So um, that was my point of entry for color and also like the sense that like it really gave me a lot of pleasure and also like the geometric thing. Like if I had to get analytical about it, I would say like, you know, the whole world's really crazy and this gives you like um, a certain, what do you call it? Uh, like structure or something or um, I don't know, maybe it's more regulate something that you can count on, but no, I don't know where I'm going with this, but the, yeah, there's something about the whole geometric thing that um, I find really important and settling and uh, I don't know, in a way kind of comforting. So um, moving on from that, yeah, so I'm also trying to create as you can see, like some kind of immersive environment, but not, I don't know, kind of in my own way, maybe in a more traditional, I don't know what, but something like you are in this world, like you're walking in this forest amongst these pillars. And as you can see, like, obviously, I love the sense of like these things that could go up like infinitely, you know, and um, like, what do you call it? Brand Cousy and so many great artists that made like columns, the, the Romans, the Egyptians and everything. And uh, I love the presence of them, the Native American aspect. And I think these like columns, what do you call it? Really like our testimony to our world and everything. And I go on about materials, right? I've been going on about the plastics and the blister packs and how the blister packs like create their own architecture and everything and same things with these like infinite pillars or metaphor for something infinite and these are made out of literally like uh, rubber steel and paint the rubber is like recycled what do you call it an upgraded um, racing slicks from like go-karts and stuff and uh, I love that because that is so much like really a metaphor of our time with the transportation and uh, all the particulate little uh, stuff, like, you know, how many think like microparticles of rubber from tires and the whole world of transportation are we inhaling all the time? And people, uh, inhaling all the time, people are all ta always talking about like microplastics and whatever, and they're ending up in our blood flow, everything. But what about the rubber? Like the rubber is just like, insane right and it's everywhere and so like i guess i'm kind of making a monument to that a testimony to our times and it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek and funny and at the same time like they have this loopy little what do you call it dr seuss hat kind of like goofy thing they're not all like rigid and perfect and what have you and you know again they're recycled like a different form of collage let's say like a 3d kind of collage so um, these things are really cool. So that's like a aspect of my work. And uh, you know, just to keep it into the art, uh, what you call it? Like, I feel like I wanna to talk to art students, right? People like interested in creating their own art. They don't have to be art students. They, they, you could just be like compelled, moved to make art, right? And so like uh, you can see, I am working with colors that move me, materials that I like, 
and I am playing with them. And I did not arrange it. I don't believe in the idea of conceptual art in the sense like you have an idea and you build it or you hire someone to build it. I think like maybe Jeff Koons does that and he finds a little fucking stuffed duck and has some guy make it out of chrome like 50 feet tall. Wonderful, like he, he may work like that. I don't really know, but for me, like all conceptual artists process, is process art. And I come from an abstract process background, following my nose, not, wearing, not knowing where I'm going, painting, 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 and like you arrive at some place and eventually like the painting throws you out of it. There's nothing you could freaking do to make it better, make it, 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 that's irrelevant, you know, the painting's done. Okay, so like all this stuff, like you might think, uh, you know, it's not process. Sass had an idea, he got these things, he built it, but it, like, it wasn't like that at all. And even in like the painting part, like if you look closely, there's different colors and different things coming through and it like took forever to get the right quality of paint. And uh, I did all these other really funny things like, okay, I'm doing this repurposed thing. You got this like rubber, these tires have been used in races, they lost, they won, whatever, they have a history. You're, instead of like discarding them in a garbage dump, you're making sculpture out of them. And then, uh, so right, not the highest grade, not the highest quality, right? But then I take like incredibly high quality paint and like kind of encase them. I, I think it kind of like elevates it to a different level and maybe you can see it and feel it, maybe not. And like, that's why it's good to talk about art and everything, but hopefully like you can see the stuff without having it explained. Like I hate that shit at museums, like they have these great paintings, and everybody's like reading, oh, it's by so-and-so, and it's done this way, and, and they spend more time reading the little placket thing than looking at the painting. And that just totally cracks me up. And, uh, I think art critics have a big problem with that too. Like they'll measure a piece of art by like the freaking artist title of the gosh darn sculpture or painting and like use that as a point of entry when fucking most artists don't even think about the titles. You know, that has nothing to do with it. But on a narrative level, on a story level, on a marketing level these days, it becomes huge. Like, you, like the title can be everything and these critics need a freaking uh, stepping stone, a crutch, something to grab onto to discuss the work. And I cannot tell you how much art criticism, criticism I've read uh, as a point of entry based on the title of the works, which totally cracks me up, especially from the artist's point of view. Okay, but anyway, that was a bit of a sideline there. Um, Right, so we're talking about materials. I love exploring materials, playing with them as robustly as I can. It's fun, it's satisfying, um, meaningful, and it gives like meaning to me. So like a huge part of my work is like, I need it to have a life of its own. When I say like a painting, a sculpture's not done until it throws you out of it. It's like, I really mean that. Like at a certain point, it feels like that thing could stand on its own generate a certain whatever uh, level of interest, energy, vibe, whatever you want to call it, that's like compelling to people. And um, yeah, so that is really what I'm trying to do in my work is build presence into it. 
something of presence. But then, you know, that could be loaded with all kinds of biases. Are you doing like a nude figure, like drips, abstract stuff? What's the vocabulary, right? So like, this happens to be my vocabulary. Vocabulary is what I'm working with right now. And um, I think uh, there's a lot to explore here. It's really fun. I hope, um, fun, that's a really freaking dumb word. But I would rather say like absorbing, but I hope it like gives people some respite from life. Some like, not like, uh, Kind of, I want my work to be experienced almost like the Rothko Chapel, you know, where you, not in terms of like a worshiping thing whatsoever, but like where you can take a time out from life and like uh, almost a meditative mo moment and collect yourself and think about different stuff and uh, get inspired, feel the forms, feel the shapes, feel the colors, and uh, and step back out into the world like kind of refreshed and everything. I mean, I think the best art like enlivens people, inspires people. Like, uh, there's different types of art, duh, poetry and rock and roll and um, blah blah blah, movies, whatever. But I think like, uh, you know, when people first heard like the, the first like Velvet Underground songs, what did they want to do? They didn't want to rock out to the Velvet Underground. They wanted to start their own band. That's what I want to do. I want to inspire people, like enjoy life, embrace life. Like this is a, uh, uh, what you call it? I don't know, a jumping off point, a point of entry into the world, you know, the exploration of art. Art, I think, is a great exploration of like your unconscious, your intuition, parsed by uh, current events, your goals, uh, the conditions of your world, you know, maybe you're really stressed and have no money and you can't have a complete thought because you're being chased by a tiger or maybe everything's swell and you could like collect yourself and think peacefully and like hey I want to do this and I'm in the best of worlds so I can do that and I could get financing whatever it is like my whole thing I want to inspire people and um, ha for my first podcast or discussion, whatever you call this. I hope um, this is interesting and uh, compelling and have a great day. Bye.